Beardy and the Beast, The Second Wall. This is placeholder intro song. Welcome to The Second Wall, binge-free zone where we look at a series and discuss it in small chunks. This time we are looking at Joss Whedon's sci-fi classic, Firefly. We can be found on most podcast and social media platforms, a full list of which can be found at beardyandthebeast.com. Please watch the episode and then join Drew and I in the mess as we explore the verse. Cats. Four people to a ship. No mustaches. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I shaved today and I was really tempted to just <laughs> leave the mustache. And I remember when we used to do that, just like these weird, <laughs> well, weird just, shaves. It was funny. Just, well, I wanted, like, if there was a, a video component to this, I would have kept the mustache at least for the recording, simply because uh, the the wash call. But Damn. Damn. So, out of gas. Um, Plus, what always amazes me about this is um, it's something that you said like a decade ago or something like that uh, when talking about this very episode and that the the comment was, I don't even think it was intentional, um, like kind of like an offhand, just like observation as it was kind of passing by. And you remarked on... Uh, I, I had said this was my favorite episode and you said it's amazing how good it was for just a simple um, ship in a bottle. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, like that's always kind of resonated with me because it's, um, it's quite true. Yeah. It, it there's so much happening throughout, uh, you know, it does, it uses great use of flashbacks. Uh, it seems to have Mal's present kind of mirroring what's happening in some of the flashbacks. Uh, it's and it, it's compelling and gripping through. Like uh, one of the big things I noticed is it's amazing how creepy Serenity is when there's no one else on that ship. Well, that's kind of like, I, I don't know about you, but when, whenever, I guess this speaks more to when I was like a teenager, lived with my parents, so forth. Um, whenever I was home alone, like perhaps, you know, uh, family was out on a, like a hockey tournament or whatnot, I would um, close all the doors in the house. Mm. And all the blinds not being weird just like being very aware of my space yeah and it kind of gives you that that feeling um especially with like the darkness on serenity because most things aren't lit as well mm -hmm. something like creepy like a creepiness to it that kind of thing like uh seeing things out of the corner of your eye and things echoing and uh, no, 
no bustle just from people like existing in that same space. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, it, it's really well done. Like they, they captured the atmosphere very well. You definitely, um, you definitely felt like Mel was alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel, I don't know if this is intention intentional and it might've been, or it could just have been like your standard flashback episode. Um, but because of the way that the flashbacks mirrored what was happening to Mal at any given time, mm-hmm. especially with the fact that Mal had been shot, uh, made it seem to me like these were like memories or things that he was actively uh, remembering or reliving as he was progressing from like point A to point B to point C in the ship. Yeah, I very much agree uh i think at the end mal even points to that it's like are you guys actually going to be here when i wake up mm-hmm. right like it's he knows exactly how bad it was and for this all to be just some sort of you know delirium wouldn't have surprised him mm-hmm. that's he was, like um, well and that almost came off as a like the cynicism of the situation, like, as you said, he wouldn't have been surprised if this was just a hallucination, but also, mm-hmm. like, a need for his family, a need for those people around him. Yeah. So the the emotional call of that as well. It's so weird having, like, one sentence mirroring two sides of a person, and I might just be projecting, but um, the, the cynical side of Mal and the emotional um, family-driven side of Mal. Um, in one statement it's just yeah it's how i observed it anyways i agree and i think it's very fitting with his character like we've talked multiple times about the double meaning that seems to be there in a lot of the things he says Mm -hmm. so that also wouldn't be surprising it kind of um kind of talking about the things that he says the way that he communicates with people I don't think it's him reading him, reading people. I think it's him just instinctually knowing what the right course of action it was. Like Mm -hmm. the differences between um, how he communicated with Kaylee um, to get her moving and her working and at the same time consoling her versus um, how he was with Wash. I was actually going to point out the the same type of thing because he, he, I, I think, and there was multiple things happening there. I mean, those are obviously the two most important people to be looking at what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to be consoling with both, uh, but when he realized it didn't work with Wash, he's like, "Nope, time to get that chain to beat you with it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and there, there was kind of a few things there. It's like. They're the most important people to try to fix what was going on. And they're also the people most likely to get in the way while they're trying to fail, while they're trying to get Zoe. <laughs> True. So, so part of it in my mind was like, okay, let's get them out of here so we can focus on things as well. Uh, but it's that, it's that natural leadership quality that, 
has come out through Mal's interactions. Uh, right? He knows what needs to be done. He's not inexperienced. And knows how to motivate people. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how he became a sergeant. I just wanted to point out this a little bit. Like, obviously, this is not a Jane episode. Um, but what I liked about Jane in this episode is instead of being confrontational, like, as Mel put it, like, he's good in a pinch. Yeah. So, like, he instantly realized that he was out of his depth. And, um, for them to get through this, he needed to um, anticipate the needs of Mel yeah. and listen uh, to what's going on. And that came like, there, there wasn't anything snippy, there wasn't anything flippant or abrasive. He just like, Mel said we needed to get this thing done, so he went and did a thing. And he came back like, he was very... Um, He's showing showing his capabilities and the fact that he is part of the crew, opposed to um, because they were in that pinch. Yeah. So it was a nice side to see. It was, yeah. There were even the so we had one flippant comment, but it also made sense at the time when Wash and uh, Mal were fighting. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Get it together. We need the air. <laughs> like it's flippant, but it's also accurate well, like it was a need Jane isn't down. yeah uh one of the big things that that was kind of entering my mind and I'll, I'll spring into this now just because you brought up Jane's reaction was uh, i think they were very good at showing cuz the true per- method uh the true character shows when you hit like basically the end of the line mm-hmm. right like this is their last thing and I think I think this episode did that very well. Um, I mean, no Zoe, but I don't think we would have gotten anything new from her if she was um, if she wasn't hurt. Um, but but you see it immediately. Um, Wash again, a big negative on him. He just falls apart, mm-hmm. and I I get the falling apart. Because, you know, your, your, your wife is, you know, she's on the deathbed as far as you can tell. And you have no air. And, but for someone who's supposed to have piloting credentials, you know, the length of his leg, well, I would expect experience to kind of kick in there a little bit more. Well, I had a theory. Uh, check this out. Okay. Wash is supposed to be a highly recommended um, pilot. Again, list of recommendations as long as my leg. Um, yeah. I think the only reason why he was still on Firefly or on Serenity um, is mostly because of Zoe. Like, yeah. he's obviously part of the crew and part of the family. Um, but a, a pilot so recommended could probably get more stay like more stable more um significant stream of finance mm-hmm. things like that so it's so the fact that the only thing 
again a theory but in the in this theory the only thing that's keeping him there per se is zoe and she's very injured like that's his emotional connection to the crew Mm -hmm. um it's like his only weak point i guess you could say i don't know if i'm expressing it well i I think i get what you're saying um i mean probably easily disputable but yeah I, i i can see that as a as a as a theory i don't know if I necessarily subscribe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, simply because I don't think we've had enough other evidence around that. And I hope we get some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, again, we, we have now who's experienced, knows what to do, knows how to keep the crew calm and try to figure out what's going on. We have Jane, who is experienced, and as you said, he stepped up to fill Zoe's shoes. Like, from Jane, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Right? We had Simon, again, experienced. It was still just about the medical, and he went and did what he needed to do. River was River. I liked how she came across as almost supportive with book reading <laughs> the bible and then just like throws off this other other line that just completely throws it out the window but again it's i don't I, I don't expect her to be flustered from these types of situations with what we've seen from her um well, she probably, perfect. <laughs> well i mean um she probably deals with it in a similar manner um to her brother because mm. they are both very intellectual and very um i guess she's definitely more creative um yeah. but i could see her expressions of the morbidity of the situation being a way for her to console herself yeah and like the same way that uh, simon talked it through with anara yeah uh and we have Kaylee's reaction makes perfect sense to me. Like, yes. Especially in this episode where you find out how inexperienced she actually is. And, and that's again why Wash seems so out of place to me. He should be experienced enough and he should know that he needs to be doing everything to get that ship working or it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Like the, the only other thing that they really could have done is Anara clearly has some piloting and basic skills around it. Like they could have had her step in for wash, but again, they need it to get wash out of that situation at the moment anyway. So it's just, I mean, wash aside from being a pilot has shown, um, engineering capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, uh, like electrical. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's it, what I think the skill set between, um, Kaylee and washes is, uh, like the engine room being her specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, but where she lacks when it comes to, um, some things that void is filled up by the experience of wash. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, but I agree. Um, in fact, I found Kaylee's, um, and like the the acting was fantastic. But I found her reactions the most believable out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Probably the second most believable reaction to me was uh, Anara pleading with Mel to like just come on a ship. Yeah. Because she knew he was like signing up for probably death. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it it should have been. I mean, the only reason it wasn't was because Zoe was Zoe. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that was I mean again, that's kind of all the bit of characterization we need from Zoe. She's acting exactly as I expected her to. It was like, nope, we can't leave a man behind. Mm. Right. Like Well it's yeah. it's it's funny because you have Mel acting exactly as you expect expect like sacrificing himself for the slimmest of chances. Mm-hmm. Um, to get it resolved and like make sure everyone else is as far away from harm as possible, and then Zoe's reaction, as you said, no person left behind, and like I fully anticipate that if Zoe was awake, she would have like kicked his butt onto a ship. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Uh, they would have found some other way to do that. And I find, just to kind of go on Wash a little tiny bit more, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how believable it is that Wash, as you said, the electronics communications type, seems to be a lot of his skill set. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he can go and completely explain why, you know, mucking up someone's navigation system would help them. And just doesn't realize that that's what would help them. <laughs> Like, the the amount he gave up there. Like, just before Mal's, like, figure something out. Kind of. Well, that wasn't super believable to me. I I think the problem with that doesn't come from questioning Wash's, as a character's experience. I think it comes from questioning the writing of Wash in this episode. The fact that he just gave up. Yeah. Um, especially considering he is kind of more of a look on the bright side kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like looking for some form of positivity. I I feel like the the questionable writing was yeah, him like as soon as his wife was down like there's no point in living it seemed like like he put yeah. on his emo over and his skinny jeans and it's <laughs> listening to dashboard confessional it's just like yeah it, it's it's one of those things that's making me again like we said before it's like wash is just quickly dropping down my rank of characters People just like him because, like, I really liked him, and rewatching this series is making me like him less. Which, I know, <laughs> which kind of sucks because I love Tudic, but it's it's more of a writing character thing. Yeah, 
No, it, it, it's completely a writing character. Like, I mean, as an actor, it's great. It, it, it is the writing of him. And mm. again, just not getting that arc. I like that theory they came up with. It's like the only reason he's still there is because of Zoe. I mean, I'm just <laughs> like, I'm trying to make it, the writing in this episode fit with what we see, yeah. what should be. Yeah. It's, but, I'm not going to focus on it too much. I think, I think we've kind of nailed yeah. Wash as far as this goes. Yeah. Um, and instead of focusing on what is and what should have been, I think we should focus on what is and what can be, mm. which was the reoccurring theme in this uh this episode um so we've discussed many times how they seem to choose a concept or a theme and then interact with it in between various characters various situations and it's just layered throughout each yeah. episode and as near as i could see in this one it was said plainly by mel when they were looking at the ship again um Instead of looking at what she is, um, look at what she can be. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's lots, lots of good examples of this. Um, just to get Wash out of the way, because I don't want to <laughs> focus yeah. too much on Wash. Um, in the flashback, we had Wash that was. Mm. Um, versus what he could be, what he is. Yeah. So him being like a weirdly cocky, mustached person versus like a caring husband mm. and not so, uh, I don't know how you explain him, but there's something about him I don't like. Yep. <laughs> Um, thanks Zoe for nailing our view of Wash <laughs> so far <laughs> well I, I've seen this like I don't know if you observed the same thing as me but I've seen it I saw it a few times for instance um, even the use of the birthday mm. Um, the birthday is a symbol, like, even though it doesn't really mean anything more than, like, another rotation around the sun, um, it does tend to represent um, who you are versus who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. um, I or think the, the birthday one, like, showing the who is becoming, mm -hmm. this is the... I think I think this is the first time it was clear to Simon that he is actually part of the crew. I think so too. Even Jane didn't give him a hard time about his birthday. Well, I mean Jane I, gave him a hard time about the story, but it was a bad story. It was a bad story. <laughs> well that just shows you like no matter what you think of his re relationship to simon like jane is accepting him yeah um yeah. 
but it was a good introduction to a concept mm-hmm. it's something that i saw layered throughout one thing that i noticed was um giving the tour to inara mm-hmm. in the flashback there when they were kind of introducing her her um first interaction um when she walked in she was wearing what seemed to be very um traditional companion garb yeah and she definitely does not dress like like in that manner anymore seems to dress um less showy mm-hmm. more functional yeah um i i liked the the whole interaction with nora like again I, I wouldn't say there's anything new we necessarily learned from her in the flashback anyway like it's no she knows how to analyze the situation she knows exactly what's going on isn't afraid to call it like it is um, I think that straight cutting honesty is a big reason why Mal and Inara mirror each other again so well, mm-hmm. uh, because they are both like that, even though you know slightly different skill sets. It focuses around, mm-hmm. um, and the one thing to me that immediately jumped out as like a showing that mirror again mm. is. Both of them show serenity for the same reason. True. Like they, they both said the exact same thing about, about just falling in love with the ship the first time they laid eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see what was like the interaction of Anora and Mal um, aboard, like in the cockpit of the the ship in the past first uh, what has become of their relationship and like the discussion uh, in the present. So what had, what had become. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting seeing like such a starting and ending point such as that. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I also, I also noticed um, something related to this. Uh, the Doctor versus Anara and their discussion on the couch. I can't remember exactly what it was. I definitely followed the same theme. Oh, I remember seeing something and I think it's like one of the few things I didn't write down. So I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can also... You can also see how much... Um, change or evolution between um what jane was and what mm-hmm. he is now so i think so far as a person and capabilities is actually peaked um in managing this situation um and you can see that there was some emotional connection like there's no other reason for him to be like waiting in the wings kind of staring into this into the room when uh, um, Mal is down or Zoe is down with like a look of concern, right? Versus like how he was in the past, which was very uh, (laughs) not complex. (laughs) 
I, I'm surprised how much complexity we keep finding in Jane. <laughs> oh, no, he's the best character. He is. <laughs> and the rewatch is just proving it. <laughs> um, I think a big thing with Jane, um, because we see his, of course, his introduction mm-hmm. to the crew. And, you know, it's basically a, a Mexican standoff and either mean like Mal just talking to Jane whilst there. It's like, I, I get this impression that Mal could s- saw something more in Jane right from the get go and realized he just wasn't even appreciated with the group that he was with. Mm. Um, we also learned like, oh, apparently he's actually a really good tracker as well. Um, not that we've seen much of that, but that's neither here nor there something that could come up yeah we've only we've only seen his long distance firing skills while not looking through a scope and um, (laughs) his um i guess stealth abilities Mm -hmm. when he took out two snipers yeah um i guess that kind of so he's coming across like a ranger yeah to me and and i think that's probably what that line was actually going for there um but i think in i think even though it on the surface it makes jane look like he's just a mark for hire i think there was something more there i think he just realized that there's better out there almost what i got from that like just reading that little tiny bit deeper um, especially when you see he is not turning on this crew. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's the true value he gets from from it, actually being part of it. Um, well, it's being valued. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's great to see that that throughout. I mean, I, I, I get where that just raises the whole loyalty questions again from him. It's like, oh, maybe he would just be to the highest bidder, but. Yeah, no, read that little bit deeper. It's the being valued mm-hmm. and and the freedom that Serenity brings with it, which is another big thing that they were brought up multiple times throughout the the episode. As it kind of talks about we haven't really talked about, I guess, Kaylee's before and after. Um for like I was cons- I was considering this. Um there there is like an adventurous independent streak that is implied with her just sh- signing up to go with a random crew just for the mm. opportunity for the ship. Yeah. Versus like how bound she is with the ship. It's almost like Serenity is her sister, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I think, and they've expressed this a bunch of times, Kaylee loves the ship like she loves the crew. Yeah. And it, it, instead of her as a character, it kind of does this weird, like, pseudo-bookmarking on the ship 
Mm-hmm. So the the phrase of um, you can stay on as long as you can keep her in the air mm-hmm. versus it can't be fixed and I'm sending you away on this ship. Yeah. So as far as the story goes, it's putting like a hard stop on like Serenity as a uh, I guess as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in that place it's more so about Serenity than it is Kaylee. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, we, we've always talked about Serenity as a character. Mm-hmm. Character as well. Um, I mean, I like that idea of yeah, it's basically Kaylee's sister. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really good way of putting it because uh, they are they're tied. <laughs> uh, I think I think the the thing that I find with Kaylee as a character is like she hasn't unlike pretty much everyone else on this ship who has basically been hardened mm-hmm. by life she's still that curious adventurous prairie girl yeah like she hasn't lost that which is kind of refreshing there's a reason why everyone had a crush on Kaylee and not on Anara. Except for the people who identified with Kaylee, then they were once had a crush on Anara. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> the I, an, another odd set um, comparison hmm. is not the characters themselves. But the relationship um, versus what was versus what is, um, or what could be, is actually from, how many episodes was it ago? Good luck finding that on IMDb. Uh, I think it was Janestown, last episode. Yeah. Um, how... It almost seems like through those interactions in Janestown, Book and River have become closer. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I honestly, honestly see River showing care for Book in that interaction, yeah. not just being a weird, weird girl. I think like she feels close, but she can't express it. That's. Um, that's how I read that too. Uh, like, I know I said, it's like, yeah, sure. She, you know, she ends up being with that. Oh, you're going to freeze first. But I, I do think she was honestly trying to be consoling. Mm-hmm. Right. As best she can. I mean, she's broken. And that's what I take from her adding that extra line. It was like the, the filter is gone. So she can't, not say it right because there was that bit of a pause around it well i think Um, there's only two people that could it was it was obvious that 
I wouldn't say questioning his faith, but he was definitely, I think he was definitely reaching out um, for help, I guess you could say. Mm. And there's only two people that'd be able to console him on the ship. Mm. One's Mel and one is River. Yeah. Um, Mel is quite obviously preoccupied with much more important things. And uh, this is this is some great acting from uh, from book. Like you could actually see at least some emotional relief coming over mm-hmm. his face, and then the confusion to the like being a little horrified about that interaction with River. It's really it, interesting. It it's funny. Um, not tied to the episode but I, I always find this funny um apparently it's actually like when you're in a ship it's actually less you're like not likely to freeze to death you're actually more likely to boil oh um when when stuff like that happens because just because of the way he transfers uh because it's in a vacuum there's nothing to get dissipate the heat mm. Oh, this kind of harkens back to my my cool fact that spiders can't drown. So when you wash them down the sink, they just crawl back out later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 you're a, if you're a bat VOG, you've heard that a couple of times. <laughs> um, yeah, no, apparently one of the bigger issues when it comes to like space travel isn't the heating, it's the cooling. Makes In sense. Fact, um, uh, but I mean, most people are going to talk about the coldest space, so that's fine. I get mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, like the pairings that happened throughout this, like they made sense to me. Like, I, the only one River could have gone to was Book, mm-hmm. even though there might have been others that could have gone, like Book could have gone to. Um, like could have book and anara probably could have been interesting pair too but again i don't think we would have gained anything from that type of pairing no i think the doc the doctor and anara comparison oh it was something that that oh something in the the interaction i wish i could remember offhand um but you know there's something the intro the the quiet intro into the um captain falling and then like the the way they went into the actual like incident mm-hmm. in hindsight is so obvious it's just so obvious in hindsight, but <laughs> it's somehow very unexpected in context. So, mm-hmm. like on a first watch through, you, I could see you being like, "Did they like? Did they evacuate the ship, or um, like were they arrested or something like that?" Mm-hmm. So the way that they like just got to the punch and then got on with the story was really nice in this episode. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Probably like five minutes of watch time total, and the rest is just content mm -hmm. um, instead of all introduction. I think the big thing, okay, so I started to pull up the quotes for Simon and Inara. Because <laughs> it's on my mind, too. Um, so, uh, link it to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Throw it in the Discord. I was, in fact, going to. Uh, Discord details in the description. Yes. Wait, are they? I think so. Should I ask uh, the guy who posts them? Yeah. Uh, comms. Oh, such a good interaction. And like, <laughs> you, pull, you pull so much from the Simon verse in our interaction. It's like six lines. <laughs> and like, even though I think Simon is still creepy AF, like the depth of his character and like the complexity of it is just be like, it's been on display since episode one. Um, so the, the big thing that I find with, with Simon, cause you're, you're saying him and river, they're very smart. They're very analytical. Mm -hmm. And that's, really what he's trying to he's just trying to be analytical and inara of course being the emotional core is like no this isn't what we need and his response is like it's my birthday hmm. like, <laughs> I, I i don't know there's just i don't know it's just a powerful interaction um it was definitely it it might even, I mean, this might be just going too Hail Mary too far. Because um, I still think a lot of the, like, Whedon, Whedon, Whedonism writing is half coincidental, half planned. I don't think it's genius. But I am going to ascribe some genius to this interaction. Mm. So hold on to your hats. Um, yes, the six hats you're wearing. Um, <laughs> Right. The interaction here is almost even like the extremes of the two states that the crew is feeling at any given time during this episode. Um, so we have the hyper-analytical. That's the um, uh, clinical description of what's going to occur versus um, like the emotion. So this the mind versus heart. So um, Anara representing the, the emotion of the situation. Yeah. And like both putting on a brave face, but you can definitely tell that they're disconnecting and trying to deal with it in their own way, but even so still kind of like reaching out. Mm -hmm. It's just... As always... So the like the best is probably somewhere in the middle of two states. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much said about it. So like even like just looking at it. So I know we already talked about Inara's love of the ship from the first moment she saw it. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we talked about that in relation to Mal, but I mean, even Simon's response is like, "No, I love this ship too," even though that's not what he says. Right? His immediate response is, "I just don't want to die on it." he's just as attached to the ship as the rest of the crew is at this mm -hmm. point. 
That's um, that's a great observation. Like the exact quote. I love the ship. I have from the first moment I saw it. The reply being, I just don't want to die on it. He's that's almost even confirming what she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want to point out one thing. Um, he says, always thought the name Serenity has a vaguely um, funereal sound to it. Yeah. And the very last scene while Mal is alone um, and walking towards uh, the helm, mm-hmm. uh, he was going down the hallway. I I actually wrote down the words funeral march because it really felt like like almost even like uh the front of a, fu- a f- funeral procession yeah um so it's just a like an interesting thing i'm observing now there's so much going on in this episode it's actually even with notes i'm finding it hard to keep track of it and, and discuss because there's moments like this throughout um and i like i've always taken the time serenity and never thought of it as having a, a funereal sound i always thought of it as peace i see exactly where he gets that from um so i mean for me i've always just connected it to this is where they find home this is where they can relax this is where they can beat themselves see so, i thought i always thought it is the objective the mm-hmm. goal yeah um they have this freedom and this this ability of flight, and serenity is the destination. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess fundamentally, I also agree with what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. Uh, I think it's a good observation. Yeah, it's and it's funny because it's named after a battle site, but that's just where the name happens to come from. The meaning, again double meanings throughout mm-hmm. couldn't they have couldn't they have turned on the two sh- like cordon off a bunch of space um open the doors to the shuttles and then just used their life support no oh. Well, yes, that is an obvious question. Um, I want to say no. Okay. And the reason for this is, like, like I've seen this in other sci-fi series, so let's think um, Star Trek Voyager, for example. Right? You've got the main ship, and then you've got the Delta Flyer. Mm-hmm. Delta Flyer is a short-range vessel can support a couple of people for a couple of days because that's as far as you're supposed to be going on it. Mm -hmm. So these are even smaller than that. Like, I think the idea is it's supposed to be able to go, you know, like to a moon and back. It's not. Well, even said uh, wide orbit and return was. Yeah. I mean, I I, fundamentally, I, I like the plan. Like, yeah, spread it out. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I I would think in a short range vest like that, like its life support is going to be some like basic scrubbers, nothing major mm-hmm. to support any long period of time. Um, it's literally so you don't necessarily have to take the ship planet side. And something that small 
isn't going to be able to generate enough air for a ship that size. Mm-hmm. So, not not in the time frame. <laughs> like they could do some high science stuff and build a life support using the two life support modules, blah blah blah. But I don't think they have the time for that. I'm pretty sure they had like four hours. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they actually said like two to four hours or something like that. Oh, I missed the time time thing yeah. then. But yeah, they, they, it's they didn't have much. Yeah. <laughs> time lack of time being everyone's constant always. Yeah. I like how they kind of I know you, you mentioned this with Kaylee, it's like you can be on her as long as you keep her in the air. Uh and it was said many, many a times throughout, it's like treat her proper, she'll be with you the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one expected the possibility that that would be the rest of their life. Really, this is just the character <laughs> Serenity's episode. It it is, which I like. I I know fundamentally that's how. Um. So so the ship can be one of three things. Mm. So it can ju- it ju- it can it can just be um an object yeah um it can be a plot and it can be a character Mm -hmm. and this is how uh companies tend to look at them when it comes to um the way that they're integrated with stories but also uh how it deals with like copyright Mm. um like uh give me a sec uh Take uh, Eleanor from Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm. Um, is, is considered a character. Yeah. And is co- like copyrighted as such. So um, having a... And they protect that copyright. Like, if you were to create a replica and call it Eleanor, like, they've, they've actually... I'm not sure how how this was done legally, but like uh, uh, reproduction has been confiscated from a person. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> compared to uh, the time machine mm. in uh, Back to the Future. The DeLorean. Uh, yeah, and yeah. they call it the the time machine or whatever. But the yeah. other perspective is, um. Eleanor is treated as a character, but the time machine is treated as a plot. Mm. Um, and I think, I mean, if someone were to describe out of gas and in the most succinct way, it would probably be the phrase, uh, introducing serenity as a character Mm -hmm. or serenity's introduction as a character. Yeah. Um, whereas other, other people have had their introductions. Yeah. It it's interesting, like just just describing the vehicles like that. Um it's funny, like I don't know. Was a big Star Wars fan and like hmm, the Falcon and now I'm trying to put like the Millennium Falcon in that. And like, no, I think the Millennium Falcon actually ends up being just an object. It doesn't have Han has the character. 
but I don't think the Falcon does it the same way. Yeah, I think um, in Solo, you could probably make an argument of it being a plot. Um, I don't know what movie you're talking about. I didn't mind it. (laughs) (laughs) It took a bad. (laughs) I couldn't get into it. I couldn't care less. I tried to watch. But look, (laughs) Solo punched a moon out of space with his fist laser. That's all that matters. (laughs) The um... Rogue One was great. Yes, I enjoyed Rogue One a lot. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's like, beside the point. <laughs> I mean, char- characters can also be uh, plots. Yeah, um, but I guess I didn't need to say that. But yeah. um, I, I think to go on to the like, this is a character. Uh, Serenity is personified even more throughout this. Mm-hmm. Um, and personified in such a way that it makes me go, it's like, why did Kaylee and Serenity have a spat that Serenity couldn't tell her that there was something wrong? That's because she was too focused on Simon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I mean, I, I don't really have close siblings in that manner, but I yeah. could see like, if uh if there's two sisters and one of them like starts liking this boy the other sister feeling a bit abandoned yeah it's just amazing that they did enough characterization with the ship that this is a legitimate question that we can try to answer like well if anything this even reinforces um what you were saying um like second recording i think episode three um when we're just dis- when we're discussing the characters as being um the relationship in the crew and towards each other mm-hmm. and then it, at that time we were discussing like uh kaylee being the uh the heart of the ship yeah but we weren't talk- talking necessarily about the ship being a character. Yeah. We were talking about the ship as a reference to the crew. So in mm-hmm. this case, we can kind of extrapolate that to, um, as the crew has grown, the personification of Serenity has grown as well. Yeah. Um, so we see... Um, like, the, the fear of death from Anara in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can kind of project or imprint that onto the ship itself. Yeah. Uh, we can have Kaylee being lost and not knowing what to do. We can also have, like, I can't think of how to put it to words, like, uh, Shepherd Book and his interaction with it. Um. I mean, we could even have Wash as a representation of a uh, loss of direction. Yeah. Um, not knowing which direction or which path is the most appropriate. 
which is actually interesting coming from the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, j- to, just to change this, because I don't, I, yeah. I don't think we really need to focus on that yeah. too much, because we've talked a lot about it. But I just like kind of harkening back to what uh, we discussed previously. It just yeah. reinforces the per- your personification point. Yeah. Um, I do love the pseudo breakup slash makeup between wash and mal mm. <laughs> like their relationship went through some trials and tribulations and then <laughs> god how many people are shipping that <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> no, it's just like they had that conflict, they were at odds. And to a severity where you would almost like expect that it would break some bonds. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, we know that Mal was not saying, F your wife, get back to work. Yeah, but when you're distraught over your loved one being extremely injured and possibly dying, how are you going to take mm-hmm. that situation? Like, what is the emotional impact on you? Yeah. So, um, that occurred, and then of course that that went into the conflict on the bridge, um, and then it. There was kind of a a loss or a longing, I guess you could represent it, when uh, Wash went back and like uh, configured the recall button. Mm-hmm. But then, when they, when Mal wakes up and he sees Wash being the one that uh, is like transfusing blood into him, yeah, because obviously <laughs> he lost a lot of blood, and. So something about the way that it was represented, it didn't feel brotherly. <laughs> like the way that Wash was like smiling at the captain. See, it's just Wash pro- projecting Zoe's feelings now. Because <laughs> you got to remember, we generally look at Zoe and Wash as a unit. <laughs> well, that's because there's not enough of Wash to merit his own character. <laughs> Um, that is the one thing that I'm like, okay, this is the good thing with, with Wash when he went to go and just configure that button. I'm like, mm. there, that's the type of stuff that I thought there was more of with Wash. You know, again, showing initiative, even though it's a dire situation, he didn't give up at that point. <laughs> um, well, he, well, I think. I was trying to avoid going back to Walsh, but I know I think he he <laughs> regained some of his direction when he realized mm-hmm. the potential sacrifice of Mel, and yeah. that just kind of is that like emotional backhand saying no, like Mel's actually doing this to save us all. Yeah. Um. So that kind of snapped Wash back to how you how we would expect him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, back off. Wash. A couple of things that I 
that I really liked. I liked Kaylee's double entendre to the she ain't moving mm. line, right? Where everyone's like, oh no, it's talking about Zoe. And it's like, and she's like, immediately is like, the ship also is dead. Um, again, just showing that connection. Like, I don't think anyone else quite realized how bad it was with what had happened to her yet. Um, you know, I, yeah. I almost wish they had paralleled that more. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably couldn't because of time. Yeah. Um, but if they had re- revealed something about Zoe mm-hmm. and then mirrored that with something happening in the ship and then revealed something about um, the ship and then mirrored that with something happening with Zoe. But yeah. that would be a very different episode. One I'd want to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. But um, I wish I wish it was a, a direction that... I, I think they were trying to put up that little bit of a mirror, but there was just a lot going on that there really wasn't anything you could cut out to to focus that more. Yeah, where do you steal that time from? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's just part of the 43-minute episodes that, you know, we had in the olden days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These young whippersnappers don't get it anymore when they have <laughs> with their two and a half hour. <laughs> I, I really want to watch the new Stranger Things, but it just takes so much time. I, I watched it a few weeks ago and we're like, oh, okay, you know, it was getting pretty late. Oh, there's only one more episode left. You know, whatever. Sometimes, yeah, an extra hour. Two and a half hours. Well, that's being put off till next week. Yeah. <laughs> and that sucks because, like, I really like those characters and I like what they've been doing. Like, there's nothing with that yet that I've gone, no, I don't like that. I've I've definitely went, odd choice, but sure, I get it. Yeah. Um, anyways. Um, uh, <laughs> um, the other thing that... We didn't really say um, just with River again. Mm. Again, just those flashes of what is what is up with River. Oh, you notice how she wasn't freaking out or being spastic. Yeah. Yep. And no one else on on board was freaking out and being spastic. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was like a, like a morbidity to yeah. it. So in context, like with, with what I'm seeing from her right now and Serenity's a character, <laughs> um, I still don't, still don't know what's up with her, uh, but the thing I noticed was her empathic reflection to the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely that. I know, I mean, obviously put a pin in River and Serenity as a character. Um, 
but the the empathic part aside like that that's definitely part of it um i'm actually more referring to at the birthday dinner she knew there was a fire before anything happened like she gave a warning So it still makes it goes like, what, what did they do to your head? <laughs> like, I think the, the problem I have with the way that they're writing it, it's because this is what I'd prefer. Just like hyper observational with no filter. Um, but she's so smart. She can make some type of semblance of, coherency from it so um but they're going to they're going more fantastical they're going um psychic um they're not making it i feel like they're getting out of a grounded route and they're pushing into high sci-fi high fantasy with what they're mm -hmm. doing with what's with river um, you know, because you're right, I'd, I'd always like to see that, like, I agree, I, I prefer the interpretation of just that hyper-observant, mm -hmm. right? Her empathy, her, her reactions, it's all, like, it. it's all from, yeah, no filter, sees everything. And, like, it makes me wonder if, is that where they're wanting to go, but make it seem fantastical? Because we only get like a snippet or two like this every episode. Mm -hmm. We're not actually getting anything around her. We haven't been able to explore any of it. We're just getting the, the, you know, the glimpses. Well, let's. Let's do it this way. Let's let me try to explain two situations: one this fire one, and one the reaver guy. Right. Um. If it is just hyper observational. Mm -hmm. So when River came on board and woke up and showed some type of um stableness, she was able to accurately explain. Um, the model and make of Serenity just from memory. Right. Um, so whatever they've done to her, I believe that she is very familiar with the makings uh, and at least the basic construction and design of this ship. Mm -hmm. um, having been on it and fully explored it as they've shown her skulking around in um, everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, It's entirely possible for her to go to three different sections of the ship, observe something, and then using her intellect at the dinner, like, hear a click mm -hmm. or a whir, and her brain just goes, um, that's the catalyst converter and 
um, it's about to explode. It's going to um, create a large um, fiery explosion in the engine room, which will push it on this way. Yeah. She doesn't know how to express that. Um, and she may not even know she's doing it. Mm-hmm. So instead, she says fire once she hears that initial sound. Yeah. That's like hyper like instagree observation and like a very high level intellect putting it all together but of course she's a little bit loose um and you can do the same thing with the guy who was uh which witnessed the reavers Mm -hmm. she could come to uh, a logical conclusion that he's gonna go crazy um start cutting on himself and start attacking people just using the base observations of like what people are saying, what has occurred and what would the expected psychological result be. Yeah. So it's kind of well, like that book, the blink, the power of thinking without thinking how your brain can make it for our correct decisions using little to no information. Yeah. Um, effectively that, but just cranked up to not even 11, like 12. Yeah. I, and, and I agree with that exactly. Going back to the Reaver, I know we we were discussing a lot of like, could this be interesting editing choices that are leading to these thoughts as well? Because we had mm. similar thoughts with um, oh, what was that episode called? Uh, oh, why does my brain go dead? Um, so a couple episodes ago, when um, when Simon got captured, um, yeah, whichever one it was, um. Because again, there was just kind of those editing choices where it's like, is she connecting to something or is there? Uh, I was actually going to go with the exact same explanation for the fire as you did. Okay. So I'm there with you. Uh, so yeah, I, I I do think they're trying to make it seem more fantastical than it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. That level of observation still pretty fantastical, but we're also coming from Joss Whedon, where we're known to have psychics and magic powers, and mm-hmm. oh, um, I um, almost wonder if he's playing on that some. Like it expects us, like given his other works, expects us to go like, oh, oh, here, here comes the wizard, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like kind of uh, subverting expectations. Yeah. In a good way. <laughs> no, see, subverting expectations can usually be good. Subverting the viewer is rarely good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> moral, <I'm> just... <laughs> moral of the story. Serenity is a character. Uh Kaylee's Bay. Uh, Kyla's converter is everything until you or nothing part until you don't have one. And one day wash won't be a nothing part. No, it'll be a leaf in the wind. (laughs) Aw, look at it soar. Thanks again for huddling around the second wall with us here tonight. Join us next time as we continue our discussion of Firefly. 
please join the conversation in the comments, on social media, or at our Discord. We're, we would love to get your thoughts. And of course, if you like what we do, please share us with your friends.